You're listening to the Rizzoli and Isles podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jay. In this episode, we are going to be recapping Season 3, Episode 9, Hometown Glory. So, it starts off with this guy. He drives in an alley, which, I mean, come on. Seriously? You just want to die. I'm just... What do you got against alleys? Uh, Every time there's an alley in a TV show, it never ends well. Poor alleys. They have such a bad rep. It's not their fault. He gets out the car, and he leaves his car keys in the car, and I was like, okay... So he's walking, and then he gets shot in the legs. He looks, he's like, please don't. And then he gets shot in the shoulder, and then near the face, and then in the head. So basically, he's dead. Well, okay, so what they do is they pan to the person who's trying to shoot him in the head, and you hear someone say, do it. Like, you gotta do it, or something like that. Right. And I'm just like, oh, there's a second shooter. Why would he be telling himself to do it? Answer me that. I don't know. Oh, I hated this episode. <laughs> So we head to Mara's place. Jane and Mara, they're coming from shopping. And I, I can't help but to notice that they're wearing the exact same colors they wore in the last episode on the mattress. But it's different shirts, but it's the same color. I don't know what that means, but they are. And Jane, she's like, I can't believe you talked me into buying heels and a purse. Every time Jane keeps saying, I can't believe you did that. I mean, come on, Jane. Mara obviously wears the pants in the relationships. <laughs> you, you're totally whipped. So she walks in and she sees baby stuff and she's like, uh, Mars or something you need to tell me? <laughs> Angela comes out and she's throwing a baby shower for Lydia. And Jane is not happy about that. And Mara doesn't want to be a part of it at all. But Angela like sort of acts more like, hey, can, is it okay if I throw the baby shower here? And Mars like, oh, okay, it's, I guess it's fine. And Jane is like, why can't Lydia's mom do this? Why do you have to do this? And Angela was saying, you know, because Lydia's mom is not a great mom and we should do it. I don't know. Angela's so excited because she, she's really, she really wants a grandchild to the point where she's taking this stranger's kid and <laughs> throwing it a baby shower. Which there's just something wrong with that. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I know. So apparently Lydia was in the guest house and she comes in. She's getting ready to go to work. They're trying to not let her see all the gifts that's behind her for the baby shower. Mara and Jane, they're, you know, introducing themselves, and Mara's asking her, how do you feel about, you know, because with the diabetes and all that, and she's like, oh, I'm fine, you know, unless my blood sugar is high or low, then I feel weird or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what being diabetic is all about. <laughs> she's not really that smart. Mara and Jane, they get a phone call, and Lily's <laughs> like, that's just so sad that people get murdered. And Jay's like, yeah, that's really, really sad. But yeah, Lydia has a job at the at some Dollar Tree. It's not Dollar Tree, but they call it something else. And Jane's like, oh, congrats. Like, she's being so sarcastic. And Mark's like, all right, let's go. Let's go. And they go. So they head to the crime scene. Jane and Mara talks about Lydia and how they think it's a bad idea. And they shouldn't tell Angela about the whole truth about Lydia's baby and the potential father. Uh-huh. Which just leads to more fallout. Haven't they done this before where they're like, don't tell so-and-so, and then it just blew up in their face? <sighs> they never learn. Like, don't tell her. It's a secret. And then they tell her. And they're like, ah, great. Frankie is upset <laughs> because the person that, that died in the first scene, is his name is Shane. That was his best friend, his childhood friend growing up. And apparently... 
he had drug issues, but Frankie's like, no, he, he was clean, he was clean. They're investigating, and they're seeing the crappy car, and they're saying Angela would be upset because she knew Frankie's friend, and so we head to the interrogation room, Corsac and Jane, and they're looking at this concert footage of their Backstreet Boys. Jane and Corsac are interviewing the brothers, and it was just funny because another podcast we talked about, it would be interesting, I'm going to skip ahead, but it was going to be interesting to see like if the victims are the killers. But I knew they were the killer. Like, I just had a feeling. I was like, they're the killers. I <laughs> episode, I'm like, they killed them. No, see, okay, how could you not have known? Because immediately I knew there was two killers to begin with. When the one killer said to the other, she was like, do it. So, <laughs> and then and then the second, like, they're the only two that they interview together. The only two people that they, they interview at once. So, I mean... Your awesome powers of deduction just kind of, like, lead you to realize. I mean, come on. It's fucking Rizzoli and Isle. They have the worst bad guys ever. <laughs> like, yeah. They're the, the dumbest. I know I said I wanted, like, yeah, let, let it be a different. I know. Have the thing, like, let it be the victims. And it was. In this episode, I was like, oh, okay, maybe that was a bad idea. <laughs> no, okay, no, because they fucked it up. What they did, okay, what Rizzoli and Isles tries to do is they try to give the audience all the details that they need to solve the crime. They need to stop doing that. So if they had just left it, we're just, all we saw was one shooter, one hand shooting the gun. And nobody saying, do it, or whatever. That would have been better, because we would have been like, wait, no, it couldn't be them, because there was only one shooter. Until we realized, like, they should have left it where the guy misses the shot, when he's trying to shoot him in the head and he misses. Because that, I mean... That was unusual. You don't go to shoot somebody in the head and you miss. I mean, from that close range. So they should have left it like that. Like, that teeny tiny detail, okay, some people might have got it, some people might not have. But I think they just give way too much information. And that's what makes it so ridiculously easy to figure out. Yeah, you're right. They shouldn't have done that. They should make it look like it was one shooter because you say, okay, because usually, usually it's never the victim that's the killer. So you see these two guys, you're like, oh, you, you won't automatically think it's them because you just think, oh, it's just one shooter, unless you think it's one of the brothers, but you wouldn't think of them together. And usually the pattern of Brazilian Isles is like, it's never the victim that's the killer. I think this is only the second time the victim is the killer. So you wouldn't automatically jump to that conclusion. But still, even if I forgot, I didn't even hear the whole do it part. When they were on there and they were interviewing, I was like, it's them. I just knew. I was just like, it's them. I don't know what it was. <laughs> even, I didn't even pay attention because I rarely pay attention to, like, the first scene. I mean, it had, if it has nothing to do with Jane or Mar or any of the main characters, I'm like, okay, this person's going to die and just move on. But even that, I, w- I was just like, it's them. I was like, it's them. I, I just knew. I was like, it's them. Mm-hmm. So once I figured that out, I was like, I guess I have to watch the rest of the episode. <laughs> Jane was asking where were you when this happened? They said, oh, we were doing this webcast, which was live, and Shane never showed up. But I was like, yeah, because he's dead, obviously. They said he was using again, and they started talking that that their father was abusive because these are brothers. These are a band. They were brothers. They're like Hanson, I guess. Basically, they sang for food and all this. Like, it's... They had a messed up childhood. Not as messed up as Starbucks, but very messed up as childhood. So we head to the morgue, and Jane is walking down the hallway, and you hear this music, and you see Mara dancing to NSYNC at the, while doing the autopsy, and it's so cute, and she's like dancing, it's adorable, and Jane sees that, and she's like, oh, look at my girlfriend. They walk in, and 
Jane is saying, what did you find? And Mara, you know, being the person she is and she knows that the victim was close to Jane and Frankie, she starts describing like, oh, he's a really nice, look, nice looking guy and he seems very sweet. Like she's really like describing it, like making him look good. I thought that was really sweet, but <laughs> any other victim to be like, yeah, this person got raped and this is what happened. <laughs> like, for, for this way, oh, you know this person? Oh, yeah, she, he, he looks nice and I bet you he did this and um, adopted dogs. And when Jane asked more detail, she's like, I don't know, I have to run more some tests. And they both did it at the same time. Like Jane's like, yeah, I know, you have to run some tests. And apparently Frankie and Shane, they stay friends for long because Shane was on drugs. But the results show that he had no drugs in his system for at least six months. I like that this guy was Frankie's BFF. And we're just now hearing about him for the first time. Like, not even like in an offhand, oh, hey, I bet Shane's in town or Shane's in town. Heaven forbid we have a storyline that spans more than one episode. Well, (laughs) true. But also, but then I think they stopped being friends because Frankie didn't want to be a part of that whole drug thing. Yeah, I mean, if he's wanting to be a cop, yeah. That could be an issue, too. But, yeah. I mean, think of all the times of all the people that show up in their lives. Like, their friends or their so-called <laughs> yeah. love of their lives. I or... know. Do they know everyone in Boston? I mean, fucking really. It's like everybody grew up on their street. <laughs> Between Mara and Jane, they know everybody. Mara's got the Boston High Society, and Jane's got the not-so-high society. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we head to the cafe, and Angela's upset. The song that Mara was dancing to is named Pure Boston Beauty, and it was written about Jane. And I was like, so Mara was dancing to Jane's song? (laughs) (laughs) Because basically Shane had a crush on Jane. Shane and Jane. That's just... Mm, gag. So if they if they were together, their name would just be Shane. Because just you put their names together, it's the same. Like I ship Shane. Now if it was the other Shane from the L word, <laughs> I was just thinking that too. Uh, it wouldn't work. No, Jane would shoot her or something. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking true. What? <laughs> Jane would probably break Shane. Shane needs to eat a sandwich. I don't know. She would slap her and be like, would you get your fucking act together? <laughs> yeah. Like, they'll immediately, like, you're arrested for doing drugs and all that stuff. Like, you're-, <laughs> you're arrested for being an idiot and leaving Sarah Shahi standing at the altar. Exactly. Uh- <laughs> Jane's like, I'm not quote-unquote gay, but even I know I wouldn't leave Carmen at the altar. Moron. That's a good question little segue okay if jane and mara was on the show and if if, let's say obviously they would date each other but out of the cast of the l word out of the characters who do you think will fit as far as for jane or for mara Hmm, that's a good question let me see mara oh god i can't picture them with anybody else (laughs) i know know. i'm like i'm trying to think mara and bet no mara and uh alice no no that will not work Mara Shane would be a no. That's for sure. No one with Jenny. That's just, that's out. Like, maybe, maybe Jane and 
It's your face that dated Alice in the, the towards the end. Tasha? Tasha. No. Well, no. They have too much in common. <laughs> I think Jane will probably be single for the rest of her life. That or like maybe maybe Tina maybe. No, Soup Chef. Oh, Jane and Soup Chef. There we go. Yes, yes, Laura. Yeah, that, that would work. Helena. There you go. No, I, I don't. maybe. Well, maybe Helena and, and Mara. Uh, Mara. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mara has more chances to date other people than Jane. Jane probably is. The only one with Laura. That's probably it. Well, Jane has such a strong personality. <laughs> right. It's kind of hard to match her up with other strong alpha-type personalities. Right, because Jane and Bette would not Oh, work. my God. Can you imagine? Jane and Bette would be like angry sex all the time. <laughs> it would. It would be horrible. It reminded me of, like, uh, Helena and Bette. And they just could not do it. Oh, I know. <laughs> exactly. That's how it would be. Exactly. But it would be ten times worse. <laughs> I mean, it would be way worse than Helena and Bet. It would be just like, they could not. I don't even think they could be friends. Like, I don't even know how that would work. Like, I didn't even think they would be in the same room together. It just would not. <laughs> like, I kind of would wish that would have happened just to see them cursing at each other. Oh, and God. Jane probably, like, shoots Bet in the face or some shit. She pulls her gun out, yeah. <laughs> I said I'm the top. God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. That oh, would... fandoms collide. <laughs> <laughs> Jane was saying that Shane is like a brother to her, so gross, ew. Then Angela changes the subject, and she wants Jane to come to Lydia's baby shower. And Jane's like, uh, no, mm-mm. But then Angela gets called because she's busy with the cafe. Jane takes Angela's phone and texts Lydia. And we'll get to details about what she texts her. Because we go to the garage where they're looking at the cars, Frost, Jane, and Mara. And I've noticed that this garage where they're looking through the car is the exact same place. I've seen this like since the third time they've used this location. But it's been all been different things. The first time they used it is in season one where they looked at that body that Doyle killed because that dude killed Mara's brother. That's the same spot. And in the finale of last year, it was the same spot where they looked through that car and they found... Oh, they found the, the switch for the fan. Is that the one? Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that's Yeah, they, they found the switch and we teased about the blanket and Tommy's fingerprints. That's the same place. I looked at it and I was like... That's the exact same place. <laughs> yeah, I know. I noticed that uh, too, because I'm like, because it has a very distinct slope to it. We noticed the shit, Janet. We noticed the shit. They need to change angles. Don't do it from the same angle. It's what? all about camera work. Don't do it at the same angle or close it. Can they have like a door or something to close it so you won't see the slope? Because then if I didn't see the slope, I wouldn't have thought that. But once I saw the slope, I was like, oh, I know that place. Jade tells Mara that she she sent a text to Lydia and we're going to talk to her about this whole who's a baby father thing. And Mara freaks out. She's like, no, I'm not in this. I'm not a part of this. And Jade's like, oh, yeah, you are. Because you're the one that was like, oh, it's okay to have the baby shower at the house. <laughs> and so Jade told Mara, you'll be the good cop and I'll be the bad cop. And I'm going to punch her in the face if she ever tells Angela I'm not a cop. Oh, God, I love that. Oh, when she says that, she's like, I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> I'll punch you in the face, cop. 
when Frost looks at her, she's like, I'm just saying. You know, she says, like, in a very silent way, like, I, I'm sorry I yelled. But So Frost is like, uh, okay. And he finds the backstage pass and the car keys. And they're like, why would they, once again, why would you put the car keys in the car? And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. You just, that's crazy. And so they go into the trunk and they find some luggage and a cell phone. And so we head to Jane's desk, and Shane's death is all on the news because he's part of Hanson. In sync. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corsac can't find a location of the dad, and so he teases Frost. He calls her Inspector Gadget because Frost comes up with this kit because apparently he needs this equipment to get it through Shane's cell phone because if someone, if he loses the cell phone, a fan can't get like other celebrities' numbers because they have some sort of software that sort of blocks other people from getting other numbers in his cell phone. So they can't be like, oh, let me call Lady Gaga. Mm. Nope, can't get in. Sorry. <laughs> he puts the phone and he uses the equipment and he loses the information. I was like, oh, come on, Frost. Come on. You can you can save Jane from getting kidnapped, but you lose the information on the cell phone. Come on. Yeah, I didn't know. <sighs> This whole Frost being a tech genius thing kind of irks me a bit. I know, because that's all he's known for. You really know that much about him. I was like, there's only one good hacker, and he's on leverage, so we need to stop. <laughs> that's true. Hardison should come in and just be like, back away from the computer. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm in the cell phone. You don't, you don't need any equipment. I'm already in there. This is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be so true. He can he can unlock doors with his cell phone. Like seriously, like Hardison is insane. He's pretty awesome. Age of the Geek. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> we head to Mar's office. Mar is eating lunch and she's asking Jane, like, "Do you want?" I think it was kale and something else. And Jane's like, "Uh, no, thank you. Unless I'm on Survivor, I'm not eating that." So Freaky runs in. He's all sweaty, <laughs> and he's like, "I got it. I got it. I found the gun. I found the gun." <laughs> wait okay yeah when he came in running i'm like why didn't he take it to evidence in the first fucking place why would he run the gun down to the morgue instead of taking it right to evidence i don't know he's gonna make a great detective so frustrated i, I guess for the comedy part because he he runs in and like jane's like good job and, and then she's like uh you're you're sweating all over more stuff and he's just and, like, they're wiping stuff, and Mars like, moving stuff. And you notice she moves the hand that Dennis gave her? No, I did not notice that. Maybe that's why. They're like, oh, forgot, our, forgot everyone to see the hand. Even mm. Jane's like, okay, that's great. You could, you could send it to the lab. So they can He's like, oh, okay. And he runs back <laughs> into the lab. Jane looks at her while she's like, oh, crap, we got to go. And Mars like, where are we going? She's like, we got to go meet Lydia uh, Dirty Robber for the meeting. And Mars like, I don't want to go. And, like, Jane, like, actually picks her up, picks her up from, like, her chair and, like, drags her out. And she's like, come on, we got to go. She's like, oh, right, because I'm good cop and you're bad cop. Yeah, because I'm good cop and you're the smasher phasing cop. <laughs> <laughs> so we head to Dirty Robber and Lydia's running late. Jane is asking, why would Frank date Lydia. Mara is saying while well, study shows that men prefer women who are dumb or like not as smart as them or something like that. Because smart women, their priority is not it's all about their careers and all that. And then she said, and men is not a priority for us. And I was like, yeah, keep it that way. <laughs> Lydia finally shows up and she's walked there because her car broke down. 
she's like, ah, oh, I need to have a seat. And so she's looking like she's trying to sit next to Jane, and Jane just had to look like, don't even think about it. I know. <laughs> uh, and Jane didn't even move. And then Mara's like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> you can sit next to me. <laughs> Jane's like, nope. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Mara hands her some water, and Lydia starts taking out the ice, and she's like, I don't like ice because it's cold. <laughs> no, she starts taking out the ice with her fingers and putting it on the table. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, because ice is too cold. And Jane's like, yeah, ice is cold. <laughs> so they start talking and she's like, and Lydia didn't even let like Jane finish. And she's like, I don't know. And Jane's like, <laughs> we didn't even start talking. Huh? Of course, you don't know what we're going to say. She's like, no, I have no idea who the father is. I was just like, oh, my God. And she wants to tell Angela. Oh, yeah. And Jane's like, no. Lydia's saying, like, that's the reason why she's there in the first place. She she wanted to meet Angela anyway. And so Mara's like, wait, you purposely hit her car? She's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's an accident. That's totally an accident. <laughs> but I did want to meet her because Frank says she's the best mom. And Jane's like, uh, Frank is the one that that left Angela and left you when you he found out that you were pregnant. I'm like, duh. So Lydia starts crying and all this stuff. And if you actually look at Mara's face, Mara has this face of like, I'm judging you. Like, you don't even know who the father is and you're crying about it. I'm judging you. Like, she just <laughs> Jane wants to know what happened. And Lydia starts saying, uh, I met Tommy. And, and then, you know, we hung out, basically had sex. Tommy introduced her to Frank. Jane's like, don't say his name. And then <laughs> Lydia's like, your father, he, she's like, okay, go back to Frank. <laughs> so she starts explaining what happened Lydia says she has to go to Lamaze class and Mara's like well I'm not gonna let you walk there I'm gonna drop you off and I'll drive you there and Jane's like okay you guys have fun you know breathe and all that stuff <laughs> Jane's like fuck that shit and, and Mara's like Jane and she's like what she's like no no I'm not going She's like, no, you're not going to make me go. I'm not going. And then Mara gives her this look like, oh, you're going to go. <laughs> and then Jane stares back like, no, I'm not going. And, of course, they end up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had, like, this whole staring contest. And the next, I it was so funny because you cut to the next scene. And you see Lydia in the middle, Mara on one side, and Jane just has this look of, like, she's so pissed. She just looks at, like, Lydia, like, oh, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> She's like, I hate you so much. <laughs> I love how that scene opens, though, because, like, it, the camera pulls back, and you can see Jane is sitting there with her arms crossed. She's, like, death staring at Mara through <laughs> Lydia. <laughs> like, I fucking hate you so much right now. <laughs> you took me shopping. You gave me clothes I don't wear. No, I'm stuck me, this shit. Yeah, she's like, I ran a marathon for you. <laughs> I did yoga for you. And you make me do this shit. The things that Jane does for Mara, it's just like, the list is never ending. Like, Mara just had this look like, yep, of course I win. <laughs> we did it the hard way. Like, Mara, I bet you before they cut the scene, Mara's like, okay, guess who's sleeping on the couch? Yeah, who ain't gonna get any? What? Jane's like, fuck. Fine. <laughs> So that Lamaze class, the Lamaze teacher is saying, you know, think of hobbies, you know, to just sit your mind off the pain or whatever. Mars like, 
so is there any hobbies that you like doing? And but he's like, I don't have any. I was like, oh my god. Ugh, this woman. But she says she loves shopping, and she starts describing that there's this hot dog stand, and she loves their outfits. And Mars like, yeah, because they wear this crazy hat. And Jane's like, Mars stop. <laughs> She's like, don't encourage it. Jane's like, I think you should take a paternity test to figure out who the father of your child is. And Lydia's like, I don't want to take a paternity test. And, like, it's just so funny because Jane is, like, she's so angry. She's just so pissed. She's like, <sighs> you can tell, like, her anger is just building up. It's the Lamas teacher saying you need to you have to massage the person's back. And Jane and Mara are looking at each other like, you do it. I'm not doing it. You do it. I'm not doing it. You do it. Lydia was saying that she wants to tell Angela. And they're like, no, no, don't tell her. And she's like, I think I should. She, and Jane's like, no, you you slept with half of my family. You're not telling Angela this whole situation. And everybody everybody in the class just, like, stops for a second. And they just pause. And they're like, she slept with half of the family? Yeah, I know. <laughs> everybody kind of turns and looks. Because they're probably thinking, like, oh, look at this cute little gay couple and their surrogate. And now they're like, what? <laughs> oh, God, that's so fucking true. Because they were the only two, they were the only two women there, and everyone else was like, you know, the husband or the boyfriend or whatever. And they probably thought like, oh, this is so cute. And then that they just ruined their thought. They're like, oh, she slept with half of the family. I guess not. <laughs> I lost the bet. Damn it. Jane just like whispers. She's like, look, you're not telling Angela, okay? Because I will hurt you. <laughs> you know? Like she like threatens Lydia. Like you better not. I'm like, oh, of course she's going to tell her. I mean, come on. So obvious. So we head to the brick. Frost stayed up all night. Tried to figure out Shane's information on the phone. He found it through the concert footage. And this is so stupid. Okay, so apparently in the concert, in the middle of the song, or like afterwards, Shane takes out his cell phone and <laughs> starts texting. And he's the way he's holding the phone, it's like pointing to the audience like hey i'm texting like at the camera i don't know how oh no i know that was so stupid because for one the amount of zoom in that frost does is ridiculous i'm sorry but whatever camera that was did not have that amount of megapixels where you could see that clearly it was like if that was a cell phone like the iphone i'm like oh is this product placement because i mean that too and it's like the way who faces that way like who who even sends a text message on stage? Who does that? I know. <laughs> what concert? It's serious. I know. Seriously. It's like they're trying to write intentionally bad now. I don't get it. Like, who does? I'll be pissed if I'm at a concert in the middle of the song. They're like, I'm sorry. I need to text it. No, that person is not important. I pay amount of money to see your ass sing a fucking song. You sing the fucking song. Okay. You can wait for your text message or your booty call or whatever. Like, who does that? Apparently he does. Like, can you imagine, like, pause, hold on a second. I need to tweet this. What? No. <laughs> I've never in my whole life been to a concert and someone texts in the middle of the concert and then faces the camera like, this is my text and this is what I'm saying. That was probably the worst than Dr. Scholl's. That was so bad. I just can't. They think Shane was texting a prostitute because of where... His body was found, and I'm guessing that's the area where you go pick up prostitutes. So we head to the lab, and Dr. Chang! Ah, uh, yay. Well, no, she's not. Well, she's Dr. Chang, but she's something else. She's, like, 
science specialist, Doctor Chang, or what did what did Mara call her? The criminal, the uh, crime lab special. I don't even know. Yeah, she gave her an actual title. <laughs> Maybe they could have an episode like that centers around Doctor Chang. That'd be sweet. Yeah, like, maybe the victim, like, somehow she knows the victim or the suspect or, like, something. Or she is a suspect! <laughs> Ooh! That would be Yeah. That would be a cool episode if, like, one of the people is a suspect and you think, I know them, they couldn't be, but I don't really know them, so they could be. And so you're like, I really hope they're not, but if they are, that would be a surprise type of thing. Or was it a book or was it, like, a short story that Tess wrote? where they thought Mara was the suspect, and so, like, the whole precinct had to, like, it was kind of tension-wise, because they didn't know. Uh, that would be a good, that would be a good story. That's the storyline, Janet. Used or, like, oh, okay, yeah, like, let's say, I, I don't know, I probably would do Mara, I would be do, I would probably do Jane, where Jane was somewhere she shouldn't have been, and, like, something happens, Either she shoots somebody or somebody gets shot and they try to frame her. So she gets suspended. So Tommy, Frost, Corsac, and Mara are all trying to prove that she's innocent. While Jane is, like, going rogue on the streets trying to figure out who is trying to set her up. Yeah. Oh, you said Tommy. It's Frankie. Or I meant Frankie. Yeah, I don't know why I said Tommy. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> that would be... Oh, yeah. Like, what if she, like, in the situation she wakes up and she's, like, covered in person's blood and, like... Their, her gun was the one that got fired and she has fingerprints on it, but she doesn't remember what happened or some shit. You have Mara, who is the one with the evidence and, like, all this stuff, and she's trying to be, like, you know, because that's her best friend. Love her. And <laughs> she's trying to be, like, it can't be Jane. Jane is innocent. And she would try to figure something out, but all the evidence sort of points, sort of, like, toward the middle all points to Jane. Somehow in the end, or there's something else that happened where there's, like, another thing or some sort of lab result that shows that either Jane was drugged or, like, she couldn't do it or someone trying to set her up. And, yeah, like you said, she gets suspended or something. You have, like, Kavanaugh and all of them. And then you have other cops that's, like, they don't even know what to believe. And they probably can't be on the case because that's their partner. So you have other cops versus... Frost and Corsac and all them, and they're trying to figure out, oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> yeah. Why are we not writing for the show? Oh, my God. Every, every fucking podcast, we're like, you know, that'd be good if they did this. <laughs> okay, so we head to the lab, and Dr. Chang is there, and she's saying there's no prints on the gun, but there's dry blood. Jane calls it the weenus. You grip the gun too high, and when you pull the trigger, the slide pulls back and catches the skin between the thumb and your index finger. Which I would just like to point out that most guns now have a grip that forces your hand down below that point. So it must be an old gun. Maybe. Who knows? So I, Mara's like, oh, weenus. I could totally remember that because it rhymes with... And then before she finished, Jay's like, no. <laughs> and so that's when Mara's like, okay, that's all, Dr. J. And <laughs> Jane's like, okay, and she leaves. Jane gets a phone call from Frost. The hotel that Shane and the prostitute was meeting, they're there. The name is an alias. Jane says the name out loud, and Mara's like, why are you talking about a romantic comedy <laughs> to Frost? Because apparently there was a character in Friends with Benefits that had that name, that alias name. We head to the motel, and it's Corsac and Frost, and they see a dead body in the room, and it's a woman. They call Jane and Mara. 
and the victim was a pop star, so, and apparently she overdosed. There were rumors saying that she dated Shane, and that there were lovers. Jane shows that to Mara, and Mara's like, they were lovers? And Jane's like, oh, is that a guess? And she's like, no, they were lovers? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. And so Carsec's like, uh, I gotta go and look at the security feed and Frost's like, yeah, I'm gonna tag along. And so Jay's like, are y'all leaving just because we're just having this, like, funny debate about lovers versus they're not lovers thing? And Carsec and Frost's like, yep. <laughs> like, we've been there and done that when you guys fight. We're not gonna be, we're not gonna go, we're not gonna see that again. No. Because <laughs> they end up being stuck in the middle. So they leave and then Jane and Mara looks at each other and they laugh. It was so cute. It was adorable. <laughs> we head to the brick. Corsac and Jane and Frost is there, and I think that it's the victim's manager because they had security footage of the manager leaving the motel like during the night that she died. And so when they're, they're like, okay, we're gonna inter- we're gonna get the manager, we're gonna interview him. So we head to Mara's place, and it is decked out with all baby stuff, like the pink and blue balloons. And you would think there's gonna have like 30, 40 people, but no, it's just four. <laughs> just four. Wow. Just just four people. Jane walks in, she gets, she's like, hey, look who I found, and Lydia's there, and she's surprised. Lydia gets, starts crying, and Angela's like, what's the matter? And she's like, my baby won't have a dad. And I'm just like, that's okay, it's totally fine, your baby's gonna be fine, we can to- we're totally gonna take care of it and all that. And then she says, she, she mentions Tommy. And then, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And then she's like, Tommy, Tommy who? And then she's like, Tommy Rizzoli? I was like, oh, God. And in the background, you see <laughs> Mara and Jane are like, no, don't, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Jane should have put out, pulled out her gun and be like, I will shoot you. <laughs> so now Angela's really excited. She's like, oh, my God, my dream has finally come true. I dreamt of this since I was five. Oh, my God. This means you're carrying my grandchild. Oh, this is so great. And so she's like, um, yeah, Tommy's upset because of Frank. And she's like, Frank as in my ex-husband, Frank? Angela turns to Jane. She's like, you knew? And and she's like, uh, I, 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 I didn't want you to get upset and all this. And then Mara's like, yeah, we didn't want to say anything until we get the facts. And then Angela's like, you knew too? And, and Mara's had this, she's had this cute little face like, oh my God, I'm going to be grounded. Like, <laughs> I'm in so much trouble. I'm in so much trouble. My mother-in-law is mad at me. But Angela goes on, and she's upset, and she's saying that you lied to me, and I took you in, and how could you do this? And she's saying for 36 years, I was married to this man, and all this. And she's upset at Jane and Mar for not telling her, and she starts crying, and then she just... And so Jane is crying because... She, She's like, I'm so sorry, I should have told you, and Mara's a little bit crying. Everyone's crying, basically, but me, and you, and probably everybody else who watches the show. <laughs> and they're all crying, and Jane tries to, like, touch her, and Andrew's like, no, don't touch me, and then, like, walks away, and, and like, slams the door. What a drama-filled baby shower. Now we, we're at Mar- in Mara's car, and they're driving to Lydia's mom's house, and Jane, she's just, she's pissed. Like, she is so mad at Lydia because she's like, I told you not to tell Angela. They get out the car, 
And poor Mar, she's in the middle of it, and like, Lee's like, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have said anything, and Jane's just like, don't even talk to me, like, don't, don't even talk, and Mar's like, oh, look, look at the cargo space, it's so roomy, like, oh, you, just so many things that fit in the, in the cargo space, like, <laughs> poor Mar, she's like, my Prius is awesome, yeah, it has Pandora and Bing, like, <laughs> I know, it was like a mini infomercial for why you should buy a Prius. And also, it was also that moment, like, it's so awkward. Let's try to change the subject. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And even Lydia was trying to, she's like, yeah, it was very roomy in the back seat. And Jane's like, I don't care about your stupid car. (laughs) And so Lydia, uh, mom comes out. She's like, is that you, Lydia? And she just, yeah, she looks like she hasn't showered in years. She said, oh, you have to share, you have to pay rent and share a room with this guy named Judd. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, bye, guys. And she walks into the house. And so Marge just had this look. She's like, Jane, we can't just leave her there. And then Jane's like, what, Mar? What? Because <laughs> Jane's like, you forced me to freaking the boss class. I didn't want to fucking go. No. She's an adult. She made her adult decisions. We're just going to just leave her ass here. Told her not to go tell Angela that she made that and she did that and she just like what and so she gets upset she's like what you gonna do huh what you gonna just gonna share a room with them and her and Judd you're not gonna no no and so <laughs> she starts she takes the present and she starts throwing <laughs> she starts throwing them and Marge is like wait no stop no, no stop doing that <laughs> I'm so happy Jane doesn't work at a, at a post office or any place that has any packages because like if it's anything fragile it's broken yeah, that's blame, for sure. Blame Jane. She's like, come on, let's go. We got a crime song. Uh, yeah, when she just started pitching the presents down to the ground. <laughs> oh, God, I was cracking up so much. I know, she had like a gift thing of like a duck. She just threw that duck and she's like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> car seats, fuck it. Like, she's just throwing presents flying across the, <laughs> the yard. So we head to the interrogation room. And there's Corsac and... Cross and are interviewing the managers, who so happens to be the guy from Family Matters. That was huh? The guy, the manager, was the actor that was that was on Family Matters, the show with Urkel. I don't remember him. He was the brother. There was Maybe. Laura, and then she he had a brother. She had a brother. Maybe he looks too different now. I don't know. I still I don't rec- I nothing's clicking here. And I watched Family Matters. I, I know, and I'm just, like, so shocked you didn't... Yeah, that's that's him. So he's saying he didn't kill Shane, and he's asking for his lawyers. And I'm like, yeah, we already know you didn't. You didn't. We already know who the killers are. Okay, if you watch the show and you don't know the pattern, let me, let me break it down for you. If they're interviewing someone in the middle of the episode, they're not the killer. The killer is usually toward the beginning... Or, like, a random person that said some shit in the middle of a, of a crime scene, and you're just like, why is that person there? <laughs> That's usually the killer. It's never the obvious person, and it's never the person that they interview 40 minutes or 35 minutes in of the episode. Never the person. Or the person that they, they saw, like, before they died. Like, the last. is never them. It's never them. Nope. I want to see an episode where they get the wrong guy. That would actually be kind of good. <laughs> yeah. You see, that's another storyline. You see, we're, we're just... <sighs> so we head, <laughs> we head to Jane's desk, and they're saying that Shane donated all his money to charities, and he was a really good guy. Of course he was. 
Corsak, Jane and Frost thinks that the the Family Matters guy did it, which it's not. Because anyway, they're thinking that it's him because Shane was making a lot of money and he and the manager would have been left behind. And Mara comes in with the results saying that the weenus blood belonged to a Caucasian person. And I was like, exactly. Because we Come, who's Caucasian at the interview? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Maybe who. it's the two dude beginning of the episode what we said it was. So Jay's like, well, it's obviously not Family Matters guy. I'm like, yeah, because he's not Caucasian. So I, okay, you know, I want Jane to just like one day just be like, stop writing me such a bad detective. <laughs> she should figure that stuff out already. Yeah. She's like the worst detective on TV ever. <laughs> Just saying. Now they're starting to think it's the father. So they're trying to figure out how to question him. And Mara's like, oh, I have a suggestion. Why don't you just call him up and be like, hi, my name is Detective Rizzoli. Can you please come to the precinct? We have some questions to ask. And Jay's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that totally will work. Like, he's going to totally just come over here and do that. And <laughs> Mara's like, do you think it's funny to mock me? And Jay's like, kind of. And then... Mara just gives her this look, and she's like, no. She's like, I'm sorry. I was like, I thought that was so cute. She's like, I'm sorry. She's like, I'm just frustrated. And Mara's just like, she just has this cute little face, and she starts blushing. She's like, it's okay. And I was just like, oh, I can't. I can't. We were talking about, like, sometimes Jane would be sarcastic or mean to Mara, and Mara would take it. But it seems like this season, Mara's like, I'm not taking it. No. Mm-mm. You're going <laughs> to apologize to me. And Jade's starting to realize that. She's like, okay, I'm sorry for being a jerk. I'm sorry. So I thought that was really cute. I really appreciate it. I'm like, finally, they listen to us somehow. So Jane calls the father. And she's like, hi, this is such and such. And Mara's like, hey, that was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> And Jay's like, shh, not this part. Mara looks at Corsac, she's like, she's like, it was still my idea. And so they basically lied and saying they had money that had to be picked up and they had to pick it up at the post office. So we have the post office and the dad goes for it. He goes to his P.O. box and then Jane and Frost arrest him. And then we have to the interrogation room. He's saying, I wouldn't kill my son. I love my kids. And they ask for his DNA to see if that was his weenus blood, which of course it wasn't. So then we had we were outside the cafe and Frankie gives Jane some food because Angela is still upset with Jane and Mara. Frankie is saying I should tell Angela that I knew too and Jane's like, No, let me take the fall and Frankie's like he's like, Whatever and so he leaves. Mara comes by and Jane's like, She still hates us and she's like, Yeah, I know but she's like, I'm here to talk about the case and she's saying that Shane was taking some anti malaria meds or Something like that. He took a shot because he was obviously going to some island or another country. So we head to Jane's desk. And then Shane and the pop star was going to Haiti. So he was leaving One Direction. And (laughs) (laughs) so they found that the weenus blood belongs to one of the brothers because of the DNA was so close to Shane's DNA. So we head to the brick. And they say they can't be one of the brothers because... They had a webcast, and it was live. And so I was like, it, I was screaming at the TV. I'm like, it wasn't live. And sure enough, when I said that, they're like, well, you can kind of make it seem like it's live when actually it wasn't. I was like, oh, my God. 
before that, Mars, like, well, if it was live, it, they, the brothers can't be in two places at once unless they're electrons. And it was so cute because that reminded me of the episode that I love in season two where they were trying to figure out if Tommy robbed the bank or something. And Mars said the same thing. She was like, well, humans can't be in two places at one unless they have electrons. And all the like, electrons could do it. And that's when Jay's like, I love that you know how to do that. I was like, oh, reminiscing. <laughs> but yeah, they basically found out that they had some sort of software where you can fake it that it was live and that the brothers both killed them. So we head to the studio with 98 degrees and the brothers are there. They're singing. Yeah, they're apparently making some kind of dedication video to the other Hanson brother. And the other Jonas brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. And I just have to say, for being a boy band, they are way too freaking old. They are way too old. They're like in their 30s. Boy bands do not start out that, that old. No. Uh, they don't last that long. Unless you're new kids on the block. That's and what I was going to say. You're doing like a reunion tour. <laughs> yeah, so new kids on the block is there. <laughs> doing the tribute video, new kids on the block. <laughs> so Frankie and Jane, they're going to arrest S Club 7. And... Uh, <laughs> We're like, yay, they finally figured out something we figured out 55 minutes ago. But okay. <laughs> yep. So they arrest them, and apparently they're saying that the reason why they shot him because you get more money when an artist dies, which is true. That is true. When a musician dies, their album sales go skyrocket. It's just... Yeah. Yeah, like when Michael Jackson died, Amy Winehouse, and um, Whitney. So we head to Mara's house. Of course Jane is there. Of course, she practically lives there. And she's saying she wants junk food, which is sounds good right now because I'm really hungry. But, yeah, because she, she goes into the fridge and all you see is, like, carrots. It's all healthy and organic. I was like, I this is just too healthy for me. I can't do it. Like, <laughs> there's no chips, nothing, nothing? Apparently Jane can't do that either. Yeah. So Frankie walks in. He's like, Angela is moving. They're like, what? Why is he moving? And I'm like, obviously, she really, you guys. So she walks in. She's like, I'm moving with my cousin. The kids tells her, like, they want her to stay. Well, she does this every time she gets pissed off at them. She did it with Frank when she found out about Frank visiting. And then she did it with uh, Lydia. I mean, she needs to stop threatening to move out. Either she's going to move out or she's going to stay. She just needs to make up her fucking mind. She really needs to move out. Back and forth. She does. She needs to move out. But if she moved out, then how would they have Angela in the show so much, huh? She's at the cafe. Yeah, but they would have to go to the cafe every time. No. See, they're always at Morris' house or they're always at Jane's house. So she can move in with Jane. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be hilarious. She would sleep in Jane's room and Jane would sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> if Mara has enough money and the issue about keeping the house, because Angela and Frank, they couldn't keep the house, why could Mara just pay for the house? And let Angela keep the house. Do you honestly think they would let Mara pay for the house? No. Oh, she's pay- what? Seriously? There's a she's difference for everything. <laughs> no, no. There's a difference between staying in her guest house and letting her pay their mortgage on their home. No. Well, my question is: Is Angela living rent free? Probably. Or give her like a little cute little apartment. Like, okay, let let Jane, Frankie, and Tommy and like Angela- Mara. Like, pitch in, like, some money and Angela, and she'll get, like, an apartment. Or let her... Apartment right across from Jane's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like have, like, Angela 
like living across there. But I mean, Angela wouldn't like it because Jane's apartment is so crappy. Okay, so Jane must have moved, or they did a set change and just try to write it off. Because, like, when you look at the first episode and how the hallway looks, and then the last episode where they were trying to move the bed in, yeah, they must have moved. She has to have moved apartments then, that episode, because of creepy face dude looking in her window. No, but the how either she moved a floor down or something, but she's still in the same apartment building. You sure? Because in that same episode, they, they show that apartment building. Same one. The hallway is different. That's all I got to say. The hallway is different. The hallway is always different. Every time they're in that fucking hallway, <laughs> it's a different hallway. <laughs> it's like the apartment is the same, but the hallway is just it's just different. It's like the hallway is like another alternate universe, and they just, every time she gets out <laughs> the door, it's a different hallway. I don't even understand it. But anyway, Angela thinks she's pathetic because she lives in her daughter-in-law's guest house. And she's divorced. And I'm like, you said it. I didn't say it. But Jane's saying she's very proud of Angela and how she handled the divorce. Because she could have just been a hermit and not do anything. But she moved on. And then Frankie starts talking about how proud he is of her. And then uh, Mara's like, you're the mom I've always wanted. And I was like, oh, oh, that's just, 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 just get so cute. And Angela's like, fine, I'll stay. And. I love my kids and all this. They do a little group hug. Poor Mars, she's so short. Like, they just swallow her. Like, she, <laughs> they're doing the group hug, and she's, like, in between, and she's, like, a little, like, she's, like, the meat of the sandwich. Yeah, you can't even see her over Angela's head. <laughs> they're, like, smothering her. She's like, I can't, I can't breathe. Yeah, and then Jane's, like, trying to pull out of the hug, and Frankie just squeezes her tighter. Yeah, she's like, okay, no, stop with the group hug. She's like, ow, ow. She's like, is that my gun? Is that my gun? <laughs> and that was the end of the Adele naming episode. So what was your Gaydar Ping rating? I don't know. This one wasn't really, uh, I'd probably just put it at Just Friends for this one. Mine is number two. I have witty banter. Oh, yeah, okay, I guess. That's true. There was some back and forth. Yeah, and like the whole scene of, mocking and them about meeting Lydia and the whole Lamaze class, which was really funny. But yeah, that's that's Okay, yeah, I would have to pick Woody Banter too. I mean it wasn't it was an okay episode. It wasn't it wasn't like horrible. I mean so far nothing is like three. (laughs) (laughs) It's Okay, when it comes to Jane and Mora stuff, as usual, yeah, it was funny and we wait for the scenes where it's just Jane and Mora. But the crime was fucking ridiculous. It's so dumb. It's just like it was like with the dude in the blue mark. I mean, <laughs> I'm shouting out 30 seconds into the episode. He did it. <laughs> this whole Lydia thing is just—it's a stupid storyline. It's so dumb. I hate it. I hate it. Sir, it really is. It's like they waste time on stupid storylines that have no meaning to like the crime plots and stuff. That's okay. So that's the problem with Rizzoli and Isles. They waste time on stuff other than the crime. If this is supposed to be like a true procedural drama, which obviously it's not, <laughs> everything would tie into the crimes. 
rather than the crime is just a annoyance that they have to get out of the way in order to go back to Jane and Moore or Angela and Lydia and Frankie and all of them. I think if they executed the crime very well, because um, there's some episodes where they just mainly focus on a crime and not the characters, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it does not work at all. Like, you're just like, ah, where's my like Jane and Moore? Corsac episode with his son. Yeah, or um, but there was one where I focused on a crime uh, that was good was the one about finding that little girl, that missing girl. Mm-hmm. That was I like I enjoyed that episode and it didn't have much of Jane Moore. I felt like if they did have too much Jane Moore, it would be inappropriate considering the subject matter. But I enjoyed that one or when they focused on when they had stuff about Doyle. Yeah. Or Hoyt or something like that. That is when you're like. I guess because it involves the characters, so the characters have to be involved in the crime, too. But see, that's the thing, though, is that every character would be related to a crime. So, like, Lydia, rather than having no relation to any crime whatsoever, Lydia would be, like, Doyle's spy or something. Or just all these side characters would have ties to some sort of crime. The problem is that these crimes mean nothing to us because we have no long-term attachment to any of these characters we don't care about the boy band we don't care about the guy trafficking the girls in it's like when Hoyt was involved of course we cared about Hoyt because Hoyt had such a strong attachment to Jane and same thing with Doyle it's like we care about what happens with Doyle because Doyle is Maura's father and then kind of to a certain extent we care about what happens with Tommy because Tommy's Jane's brother and well yeah so (laughs) instead of the crimes adding meaning and more backstory to what's going on in this Rizzoli and Isles universe, these crimes have absolutely no meaning to us. That they're just fluff pieces. True. It's kind of hard to somehow put, like, the crime involving, but other shows, what they do, there was an episode of Fringe about a father trying to help his son. It sort of reminds you of Walter and Bishop's relationship, uh, Walter and Peter's relationship. Okay. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, I see where you're going with that. So if, like, Rizzoli and Owls, every once in a while, will have, like, a case where, hmm, if they want to do this Lydia shit, they'll have, like, something involved with a baby. Or, like, I don't know, like, something that's going on with their their personal lives that the case is sort of... Oh, yeah, like, I don't know, maybe bringing Mora's mom back in to kind of... <gasps> contrast Lydia and her mom's relationship so we can see oh wow Maura has an adoptive mother even though her real biological mother we have no clue what the fuck's going on with her okay a good one a good one Jane and Frank their their relationship is not so good so let's have an episode where there's a daughter and a father with the exact same sort of situation like a case thing and so Jane starts talking about her own relationship with her dad. Okay. So it could be like, or or like there's like a runaway case. Like this girl run away and it's a single dad trying to raise her. And Jane tells her that she needs to like value her relationship with her father because things can change. Uh-huh. See? Yeah. Yeah. But they won't do that. No. I guess I guess because we keep saying the crime sucks and they're like, well, since the crime sucks, we're not even going to try anymore. <laughs> yes, because they listen to our podcast. Totally. They, they must have, because we said, let's have the victims be the killers, and they actually are. Or we're just completely psychic. I don't know. But unless, since people don't care about the crime, they're like, well, we don't care either, so we're just going to just randomly just 
do that because they're like, you guys aren't watching for the crime anyway. You're watching for Janie Mara, which is true. But at least show some effort here. A little bit. Just a little bit of effort. That's all yeah. we ask. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for this episode. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at The Randy Podcast. Also, visit our blog at therizzolinalspodcast.blogspot.com where you can comment and email. Thank you for listening. And this case is closed. Tighter? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Title. (laughs) Oh, fucking motherfucker. God damn it. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to put the trash out. (laughs) Did they pass? Yeah, I I hear them. That's what reminded me. Only got four minutes to save the world. Grab a boy, grab a girl.